Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Buino. I'm a psychotherapist, teacher, consultant, and most importantly, a wounded healer, living and working in Chicago, Illinois. On this show, I interview folks in a variety of healing professions, and we discuss the intersectional journey of healing self while caring for others. We're not just focused on individual healing, but also healing on the collective level from white supremacy, late stage capitalism, and the patriarchy. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. How y'all doing today? I gotta say, in Chicago, we've all been complaining about the weather being fairly cold and wet this spring season, and I just took a walk outside and had to come back in and dry my hair because it continues to rain. So I just hope that out of this rain, we get some amazing, beautiful flowers for the spring and summer. At any rate... I wanted to make sure to acknowledge the Ukraine war again on the podcast. I mentioned it back, gosh, I think probably early in March and hadn't said anything about it since. And podcasting, a podcast like this anyway, that comes out every two weeks is such an interesting medium that cannot respond immediately to all the events that are happening in the world. And So I just I wanted to make sure to make note that it's something that's still on my heart and in my mind. And I highly encourage listeners, if you haven't yet, there are definitely tons of places that you can donate to support folks who are impacted by the Ukraine war. Also, I know one of the coolest things I've heard going around that my husband and I did was you can go on Airbnb and book an Airbnb for somewhere in Ukraine. And then just let the host know that you're not actually coming to stay, but that you just wanted to be able to offer them some money. So that's a really cool way to get money directly to folks who are impacted. Just make sure if you do that, that you can verify that it's a real person and not just a company. But so that's something that you can do. And of course, all continued thoughts, prayers, good vibes, spells, whatever it is that you want to do to support folks from afar. So also, I wanted to see if folks want to connect with me a little bit more. I love connecting with y'all. And one of the best ways to do that is going on Instagram. My Instagram is at headhearttherapy. I'd love to join you there. And if you have been enjoying this podcast, I would highly encourage you to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. So... I can't even remember how you do it. I don't have my phone on me right now, but you go to Apple Podcasts and I think you can scroll around. You can give five stars, hopefully, maybe, and then write a little something about how the show has impacted you. I know I've gotten several reviews this winter and starting into the spring, and it's been so heartwarming to read those. So I just really appreciate everybody who takes the time to do that. And you can always share the podcast with a friend. So thank you for being here. Now on to today's guest. So today is going to be a pretty cool and unique episode because it's not every day that we speak to an animal psychic on the show. And that's exactly what we're doing today. So you're going to get to learn a lot about Linda Roberts, who's our guest, and also a lot about my two little babies, Oscar, who passed away in, let's see, that was the fall of 2019. And then my little guy, Batman. So I think I'm going to try to throw up some photos on Instagram so y'all will be able to see them. So let me tell you about Linda, a lifelong animal lover who enjoys working and living with a variety of animals. Linda Roberts feels honored to have the ability to communicate with them. It's through an energetic, heartfelt connection that she's able to acquire an understanding of the animal's thoughts, actions and feelings. She has experienced working with cats, dogs, horses, birds, and reptiles. Linda enjoys helping people to solve the mysteries surrounding their animals' behaviors and health concerns. She also enjoys teaching others to tap into this natural ability. So please enjoy this wonderful conversation with Linda Roberts. Work is not supposed to hurt, but after two years of this pandemic, healthcare professionals are tired. My dear friend, Mishara Winston, who you might remember from episodes 53 and 150, she's always been an adventure therapist at heart, and she's currently offering a choose-your-own-adventure experience to reconnect with your own inner GPS. 
Crave is a three-month deep dive into self-nourishment for healthcare professionals, restoring balance, boundaries, and body honesty. If you loved Mashera's message on the podcast, you'll get the nourishment from Crave that you deeply deserve. Visit www.mesheradwinston.com slash crave for more info. Hello, Linda. Welcome to Conversations with the Wounded Healer. How are you? Oh, I'm great, Sarah. Thanks. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, good to have you. Good to have us together. Yes. All the things. Yes. Great. So I've never spoken on the podcast to someone who is a psychic for animals. So I think everyone's going to freak out because I've talked about having worked with you before. So people have heard me talk about my work with Oscar and um, not they didn't hear much about Batman just yet. But so, yeah, tell folks like what that is. What do you do? Okay. Yeah, I love it. I'm very passionate about it. So I am able to use telepathy, which is that intuitive sixth sense that we all have in order to communicate with animals and understand what their needs are, what they're looking for as far as health issues or behavior issues, end of life decisions, things like that to help their humans to better understand what the animal is looking for. Telepathy is utilizing your third eye chakra and also your heart chakra. So I'm sure some mm -hmm. of your listeners are familiar with those things. Yeah. And so it, it's something I, I'm very passionate about. And it's something that I love to teach as well, because we all have this oh, ability really? to do it. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't realize that you teach classes, too. Yeah. OK, well, so take us back to the very beginning, because I'm really I'm assuming this probably showed up for you early in life. And I, I'd love to hear your journey and how you decided, OK, this is what I'm going to do for my life's work. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I was kind of aware of it, but I kind of wasn't. As a child growing up, I was always gravitating towards animals in my life from cats and dogs and horses. And I was fortunate enough to be with some horses when I was a teen. And people who were at the barn where I was at, it was a public barn, the adults would have issues with their horses and they'd mm. ask me to come and help them. And I'm like, you know, I'm a 14-year-old girl. What am I going to mm. do? I walked over to the animal, they calmed down. And so I, I didn't know I was doing this. And I didn't know that I was talking in my head to my horse when I was riding it. Mm. When my instructor said, I didn't see you give him that cue, but he did what you were supposed to do. Mm. And so, yeah, there was this energy exchange that was happening between the animal and myself. And it leads to a very harmonious life. Doesn't mean you're perfect with your animals by any means. You know, we're still human, but it does help with overcoming a lot of things like fear or trauma, especially for animals that have been rescued. I can understand where they're coming from and a little bit of their backstory as well. Right. So fast forward, I kind of stepped away from that ability because I wasn't really aware of it growing up and went to college and then I got a career in human resources. And so I was mm. shut down from the spiritual part of it. Mm. until two catalysts launched me into it. My dear heart horse, who I just had acquired 15 years ago, he was getting sick all the time and everything mm. we were doing just wasn't helping him. Mm. But energy work like Reiki and animal communication helped him. Mm. I saw it in front of my eyes. I saw the results of those two methods. And I said, what is this? I need to know what this is. The other catalyst was my mom passing. She died mm. of esophageal cancer mm. and it took her within eight months of diagnosis. So that was another wake up call of what am I doing with my life? Yeah. You know, my own immortality slapped me in the face and I'm like, I got to do something. This just I'm not living the way I want to live and I'm not living my heart's desire. Mm. So I practiced communicating with my animals. And, you know, I've never had a horse on my property. So my horse was 30 minutes away from me, but I was practiced talking with him when mm. I was in my bedroom mm. at home. So telepathy travels. Mm -hmm. It's not constrained by time or space. Yeah. So you can have that connection, even if you're traveling, even if you're away from your animal, you can still have that energetic connection with them, which is wonderful to have because it's come in handy for me several times. So I'm self-taught. So I started by meditating and I started mm. to pick up and think of my horse, Howie, 
Side note, Howie just passed away a month ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Thank mm. you. Um, I had 15 wonderful years with him mm. and I'm still able to communicate with him this day. I talk with him at least twice a day because even in spirit form, they have energy and that energy still has a vibration and I'm very sensitive to that vibration mm-hmm. and I can feel his messages. Mm. That's so wonderful. Yeah, it's a beautiful gift and it's a good reminder for, I think, everybody because we forget sometimes that we're not really disconnected from our loved ones when they pass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And why not use that gift with humans or do you? I do. I actually started out with mediumship, started out mm. speaking with deceased loved ones and other people's family members. I talked to my spirit guides. Mm. I'm also a practicing shaman. So I talked to my spirit guides and I asked, you know, which, which way should I go? And they said, well, it's really up to you, but we feel probably the animals would be best for you. So I mm. counseled that and molded over and I decided, okay, I'll, I'll do the animals because I'm always a huge animal lover. I've always had them in my life. You know, I even snuck them into my dorm room. When oh my I was gosh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so sweet. So, yeah, I'm self-taught. I learned through meditation, trial and error in practice. And I've been teaching online for, gosh, five years Mm. now. And that's the key is you just got to practice. You know, like if you're learning any new language, it really helps to practice it because you can lose your level of fluency Mm -hmm. if you're not using that language. So it helps to practice. It's, it's funny that you say that you were self-taught. I didn't realize that because at one point when we had gotten Batman, I thought to myself, I'm like, OK, I'm just I'm going to communicate with him because I'm a spiritual person. I know that I have intuitive gifts. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And it's funny that I think I let it get in my way that oh, I don't know if I can really do this and I don't maybe I'm too close and I won't, you know, I'll just be projecting all of my stuff, which is why we ended up calling you because I wanted for sure somebody who I knew knew what they were doing. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. No, I I understand that. And that's part of the logical part of our brain Mm -hmm. that throws doubt and fear into the equation. But remember, you have a creative side of your brain as well. Mm -hmm. And so taking turns, listening to logic, listening to creativity, you're going to have a a balance. And balance is the name of the game. So I have helped hundreds of people overcome their doubt and their fears with their own abilities. But, you know, the accuracy can't lie. Right. And when they see that repeatedly, it really helps them to embrace the idea of, I can do this. Yeah. What do those classes look like? I'm kind of interested. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're, they're online and they're six weeks. I have three series of six-week classes, so 18 classes in all. And we do Zooms together weekly, and then we also do recorded content together for you to practice with. And then we do practice Mm. animals. And getting that immediate feedback Mm -hmm. is really key. That's so cool. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you should check it out. (laughs) Yeah, I, I might, actually. Well, I guess we can get into a little bit of, it's probably easy to use my animals, and we can share with folks what's come up for mine and to illustrate. But I don't even remember how we found you. I can't remember who suggested, because like you were talking about with Howie getting sick, that was what was happening with Oscar. So he was our dachshund. He died when he was 14 years old. And I think we called you probably in the midst of him being around 13. And I didn't know how sick he was. I didn't know how old he was. And it really took our conversation with you to help me be more patient with him because I'd never had an old dog before. You know, I was gone from my family home by the time they put our dog down. I was in college. And so it was so it was so reassuring and helpful to recognize like, oh, this is the end of his life. This is why he maybe isn't listening quite as well, you know, because maybe he can't hear as well. And you also had told us that he and Rich had been brothers in another lifetime. And Rich just, he still loves to say that so much. He'll be like, oh, I wonder how brother dog is doing. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so sweet. Yeah, good. I'm glad it was able to help you through that difficult time. And, you know, I can see some of those soul connections that we have with our animals. You know, there's no coincidence. 
I really feel that the universe has a lot of synchronicity to it. And so mm -hmm. souls find one another to help mm -hmm. and support, teach, guide, whatever it may be. And so if you've got, you know, a dear heart animal in your life, cat, dog, gerbil, horse, whatever it may be, there may be some history there. You may have had other incarnations together, maybe not as the same species that you right. are now. Maybe you both were animals in another mm -hmm. lifetime. Maybe you both were humans in right. another lifetime. Yeah, yeah. And actually, when we had our session last week, I totally forgot to ask you that about Batman, because I wonder if he and I had another connection because I've had dogs, I've had cats, I've had all sorts of animals, but I love him like I have never loved another animal before. Yes. Yeah, definitely. There is a connection there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, with both of you, but yeah, he's yeah. definitely... He's got your number this time, correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his focal point is helping you more. Mm. His focal point is, you know, he's got his eye on you, even though he's buddies with Rich and, you know, mm -hmm. their best pals and everything. Yeah, he's definitely got things to help you with. Yeah. You had said in the reading last week that he is here to help remind me to slow down and to enjoy life. And what's so awesome about that, like I knew that, I knew that we got him. So last year I went to, or no, was it two years ago? Who knows what time is? It was in 2020. And I went to a trauma treatment program for three weeks. And what had led me there was we had adopted a dog and she just was not the right fit for our family. She needed constant stimulation. She was a hound dog howling constantly. And my nervous system was shot. And so we joke that like Phoebe sent me into this treatment program. And while I was at the program, the shelter that we had gotten Phoebe from, they were so grateful with the way that we took care of her and tried to make it work. And they rehomed her and everything. And they were saying, you know, if you want a little dog, we'd still love to work with you. So while I was in the treatment center and she knew that we had Oscar, so she sent us a dachshund. She said this dachshund is supposed to come on August 7th or whatever date it was. And do you want it? And I was like, Rich, yes, I want a dachshund. Like, we're absolutely getting this dog. And so I come back from treatment on a Friday. On Saturday is when we're supposed to pick up the dachshund. We've had no communication with them. Just like, okay, we're coming. We're on our way. And when we get there, she said, well, the dachshund didn't materialize, but we have this little chihuahua if you're interested. And, you know, chihuahuas, I think, are so stereotypically like territorial and a little skittish and whatever. But he looked like this little bat and we just thought he was the cutest thing. And of course, it took him a while to acclimate and feel comfortable in the house. But once he started to feel comfortable, he brought me so much joy. And I knew I was like, you were the gift that I needed to remind me that I can have fun in life again, because I just felt so buried underneath all the trauma stuff that I was working through and still that is my connection with him as I feel like your play and you're funny and he's just so happy and that every day I get reminded of how wonderful life can be. Like I can just play with a sock and life is good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. We do need to balance our lives so we're not adulting so much and we become right. childlike a little bit more. But isn't that interesting? The synchronicity of that one right? dog wasn't there, but there mm -hmm. was someone else. And so like one of the rules of the universe is the universe does not like voids. It does not like empty space. Mm -hmm. It will fill that void. And so there was a void there for you and just the right soul happened to be there. Yeah. And, you know, you, you feel that love, that deep love and connection that mm -hmm. you have for one another. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's in his crate, like right next to me right now. And I'm sure he's just sleeping and chilling out and waiting until daddy comes home to lose his mind and want to play again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> he is. He's such a little jerk and a sweetheart at the same time, which is just kind of like me. Gotta love so him, it's all you good. know, just gotta love right? him. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious if you have other stories from clients that you can share about synchronicities or just really cool things that have happened. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my gosh. I have so many stories. I am going to be writing a book on several of them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, one interesting story that I like to share is it takes place in a historical landmarked home in the city of Chicago. 
And this woman had just bought this house six months prior to calling me. And she said, I've got two cats. They're both long haired cats. One is keeping me up every hour of the night. He's waking me up every hour. Mm. The other cat is sleeping. I don't know what's going on. I try to let Mm. him out. I try to feed him. I try to comfort him. I don't know. He's been in my life for like five years at this point. What's going on? (laughs) So over the phone, you know, I do most of my work remotely. So I'm on the phone with her. And so I tap into this cat. She shows me a picture of him and I get the cat's name. And so I address the cat and I say, hey, what's going on here? Why are you disturbing her? She's renovating the home. So, you know, she was thinking, is it the construction that's going on? Mm -hmm. And so he says to me, he says, take a look around at the house right now. And so through my telepathy, I connected to the energy of the home. And there are about 100 spirits floating around this home. I was totally going to say that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I gotcha. It's a little chaotic. You can't sleep because it's Mm. a very active home. So I asked the woman, I go, I felt there was a collection. It was like a three-story kind of Victorian home, at least from what I saw energetically. I've never physically seen this home, Mm. but I felt there were three stories. And I said, tell me, how do you feel when you go into the basement? And she's like, oh, I can't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) She said, the hair stands on the back of my neck. But one of the reasons why we bought the house is because it's on the historical landmark. And the reason is because it was part of the Underground Railroad. Wow. And she goes, when I go into the basement, when we looked at the place, I was able to go into the basement, but I had to get out of there fast. Wow. But the realtor showed us there's a tunnel that's dug in our basement that goes to our neighbors. And it's still there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, amazing. So she's honoring the history of that space. And I said, well, can I clear the home for you so you can get your rest and the cat can get its rest? And she said, sure. So again, I'm doing the home clearing virtually. Mm -hmm. I haven't left my spot on the couch. I'm just clearing it energetically with the energy team that I have. And one spirit came forward and he said, excuse me. (laughs) So polite. (laughs) They they are. He said, excuse me, this is a very special place for my family, my tribe, my clan. I want to honor it by staying and watching guard. Mm. And I said, absolutely. Just don't bother the inhabitants of the house. And he goes, yeah, I have no reason to do that. Fair enough. Wow. So... I finished the home clearing. I felt everything was nice and calm and balanced. I checked in with the cat. How's it feeling now? And he said, oh, it's much better. So about two weeks later, this client, she called me up and she goes, Linda, I just got to tell you, we have had sound sleep for the past two weeks. Thank you so much. She goes, I kept waiting to reach out to you. I just want to make sure, you know, I just want to make sure it's tonight the night. Right. It's all clear. It's all quiet. I go, good. I'm happy to hear that. I'm glad because mm-hmm. what was going on was these spirits were a part of the escapees who were using the underground rebuild and their energy and their spirits were still doing that and passing through that space. Wow. And so I did some healing on them to say, hey, you can go up to elevate to the light now. You don't have to continue to stay earthbound. Mm -hmm. at this point. So it was a beautiful thing to be able to do. (laughs) That is so cool. Now I want to know what house it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Tell me offline. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What else? Tell me more. Oh my God, these are great. Oh yeah. Gosh, so many stories. There's this one story. It's another cat story. I work with mostly dogs, believe it or not, but these stories Hmm. are cat related for some reason. So there's this woman who has two cats and they're, you know, middle-aged cats. And she's been single for a long time. And the cats were her loves and her babies. And so she had them on her bed and would sleep with them and everything. Well, then the woman met a man. And so the man started (laughs) to... Cats say no. (laughs) The man started to stay overnight and... Mm -hmm. He didn't really like the cats on the bed, so she accommodated him and kicked the cats entirely out of the bedroom. Well, we've got cat revolution, okay? They are revolting. They're peeing everywhere. 
one in particular, the female was really territorial and she was peeing everywhere mm. on the bed, on the clothes of the woman, on the couch. Just it was out of control. So I said to the woman, I said, okay, I talked with your cat and here's the deal. Number one, she doesn't like the guy. Number two, she doesn't like being ousted from her bedroom and her time with you. You're not spending as much time and attention with her. And she's like, well, I am. We do our snuggle time on the couch. But then well, I close the door to the bedroom because he doesn't want the animals mm -hmm. in there. And I said, well, can you compromise with him? And it didn't work. Oh, wow. And unfortunately, it didn't work. She wouldn't compromise. She gave this stranger priority over her family mm. of cats. Mm. So mm -hmm. the cats were just trying to help her and warn her. And wow. unfortunately, the relationship didn't end well that she had with that man. Your animals are our guides. You know, they try to help us. They know. And so they do love and support us, even though they misbehave, quote unquote, they're trying to get your attention. You know, when there's a behavior that's out of alignment with their normal behavior, I would pay attention to mm -hmm. that and find out why. Why is this happening right now? And so she she's coming to terms with resolving the conflict with her cats. Unfortunately, one of them passed away from a health issue, but the female cat is still Hmm. there but yeah they're here to love and support us I love that you said that they're family and I think oftentimes we don't really think of them as having souls and being members of the family I think often people just like oh yeah it's my dog it's like an accessory almost and I think about all of the pandemic dogs that got adopted and then people realize like oh well I'm going back to work okay we'll just leave the dog at home now not recognizing how traumatizing that could be for a dog to be used to you being around 24 7 and then all of a sudden not at all and it's like this interdependent system that we really have to honor everyone's energy and everyone's needs absolutely yes I had many many clients the first couple of years of the pandemic with people who you know I now have the time I'm at home I can raise a puppy and you know how do I get the animal to do this and how do I get them to do that Right. There was this one she had, the puppy would whine about being left in this playpen area that she had when she was working. You know, she gave the puppy ample attention and there were other family members, human family mm -hmm. members in the home that could give the dog attention as well. But I talked to the dog and I, I said, okay, let's compromise. I'm, I'm a big negotiator with the animals <laughs> and with the humans. I'm like, let's compromise. Let's figure out what's going to work best for the dog and what's going to work best for the human. And so we did come to an agreement. The puppy wanted more snuggle time and more attention. Mm. And so the woman heard me and she applied that. And mm -hmm. she wrote me back. I think it was two, two to three weeks later. And she said, this is so different. Thank you. She's much more attentive. She's much more behaved. Not needing cleaning like she was. Needing cleaning right. like she, animals get anxiety. Mm -hmm. Our domestic animals. If we're living in a domestic environment and we're bringing animals into that domesticated environment, they're going to acquire a lot of the same illnesses and a lot of the same emotional disturbances that humans have. Mm. So anxiety and stress have been big during the pandemic for both species, right. for humans and for all animals that are domesticated. Yeah. So it really helps to be self-aware do the things you need to do to be aware. Am I projecting my anxiety to the animal or are they just picking up on that vibe? Because right. they are sensitive to our vibrations. Mm -hmm. And then if you can do the work to shift out of that state, it'll help you and it'll help your animals as well. Mm -hmm. Well, also what I heard you say, too, that I think is important to highlight is you gave the woman advice about, you know, more snuggle time or this, and then she applied it. And I think sometimes those of us who will seek the advice and the help of psychics and mediums think that they're just going to get answers. And while you provide information, there's still work that has to be done on the receiver's end in order to really make shifts happen. Absolutely. Yes. Animal communicators are not going to make an animal. Right change right. okay we have free will we have free will and choice that's a god-given gift animals have free will and choice that's their god-given gift <laughs> batman sure so does they, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they can choose 
to agree to a negotiation or not. They can choose to stop barking when you ask them or give them a sign to do so, Mm -hmm. or they can choose not to. I think a lot of people have this expectation of perfection. They want their animal to be perfect all the time. And I'm like, well, are you perfect? Exactly. That's not realistic. That's objectifying too. Yeah. So just understand animal communicators can help Mm -hmm. tell you why something is happening and then hopefully give you the tools and resources or knowledge to help you to remedy that yourself. I like to empower people. Um, Like all my clients, I like to give them something to do Mm -hmm. instead of just telling them, well, this is the problem and it's up to you to figure it out. That's not the way I roll. I want to give you the tools you need to help the situation Mm because it's going to help the animal who I love working with and it's going to help the humans as well. Right. And one of the things that you had told me is instead of having Batman come to me is to go to him and to go play with him on the ground. So far, nothing has shifted yet, but I'm still going to do that. Right. And yeah, I know he loves me. And I have a feeling that over the years he's going to settle since he's still a young little guy. I'm guessing the anxiety will mellow with age, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, everyone's comfort level gets greater as our routines are consistent and behaviors are consistent and they're great at adapting and so are humans. I'm interrupting this awesome conversation to share about an upcoming opportunity for mental health professionals. Cohort One of Wounded Healers Virtual Group has been really amazing and I am so excited to keep the healing going with Cohort Two starting in June. In our lifetime, it has never been more challenging to be a mental health professional. Our jobs, our clients, and our communities place various demands on our energy and spirit. But in order to offer our best, I believe we must take care of ourselves and do our inner work as well. As wounded healers, we're called to attend to our own recovery and transformation in order to support the healing of others. Wounded Healers Virtual Group is an eight-week support group for mental health professionals led by me. In this group, we will create a sacred container to support one another's healing, integrating spirituality, principles of the neuroaffective relational model, shame resilience, and liberation psychology. We'll use the chakra system as a frame for our weekly meetings. Cohort 2 meetings will be held on Zoom Tuesdays starting in June, June 7th. For pricing and information and to register, please visit www.tinyurl.com slash woundedhealersvg-2. That's tinyurl.com slash w-o-u-n-d-e-d-h-e-a-l-e-r-s-v-g dash the number two. Well, we can shift into the healer talk. I'm curious your answer to the question. Would you consider yourself a healer? I do. I do consider myself a healer. It's a very general term. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny how some people, there's fear about taking on that word or this idea that if I call myself a healer, that people think I'm doing something to them rather than it being a process together. So I'm of the belief that everybody is a healer. It's just whether or not you choose to use those gifts in this lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't put a lot of credence on labels. I pay attention to vibrations and Mm -hmm. whether I resonate with someone or not. So, and I have my team of healers who help me when I'm in need, when I'm going through the grieving process for my horse or Mm -hmm. empty nest syndrome with my kids gone. So yeah, there's definitely a team is needed from time to time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that begs the question, how do you feel about the term wounded healer? I embrace that term as well. I feel that... As a healer, my role is to illuminate things that are out of sync and out of balance with someone else. Mm -hmm. And how do I do that? Well, I do that energetically, but I also do know that I had to walk in those steps first Mm -hmm. so that I could illuminate and show those things. So the things that I've addressed in my own personal self, in my own personal healing this lifetime, I help other people with. Yeah. You know, because I've walked the path before them, just a few steps. So I can guide Mm -hmm. them and show them that light of let's let go of this feeling of abandonment or let's let go of this illusion of control that you think you have. And so I've been in those shoes. And so I can guide them and show them the way. Do you know where Chiron is in your chart? No, I don't. 
Oh, curious. Yeah. <laughs> I've just gotten into astrology lately. So I'm like always just questioning, hmm, I wonder what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing the things you can find out about yourself through astrology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you brought up grieving for a pet. And I think in recent years, I feel like I've seen more people talking about grieving the loss of a pet and more people being accepting of it rather than dismissive. I think in general, we're starting to make more space for grief of all sorts, but especially with animals. So there are now greeting cards. Yeah. And and sympathy cards about your animals, your loss of your animals. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear if you just have any thoughts on on grief with pets and and anything you think might be helpful for someone who might be listening who just lost a beloved pet. Yes, most certainly. So this is my personal belief. I believe that we are still connected through this energy that we all have with one another, even if our physical body may have failed. So if you have a beloved animal who is in the spirit world who has crossed to the Rainbow Bridge, you can still communicate and connect with them through your heart center, through your third eye, whatever it may be. I always recommend you hold um, an item of theirs, you know, maybe a favorite toy where you have a picture of them on your phone and you look at that. Connect, quiet your mind, let go of judgment, and just think of them and maybe think of a fond memory or something that you have of them and connect that way. You can share love, you can share gratitude, you can share funny stories. But a lot of times the people that I counsel regarding grieving for their animals who they had euthanized, mm-hmm. a lot of the animals mentioned to me, they're still holding on to guilt about that. Well, that's what we talked about in my session too. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the animals are like, mm Yeah. And I just heard this on another podcast by a veterinarian. A veterinarian said, you know, euthanasia is a gift that we can give to our animals because the dying process is very hard. Coming into this world is hard, right? Mm -hmm. Exiting this world is hard. And especially when your body is slowly degenerating and fading away. Yeah. Finding that sweet spot of the right timing is where a communicator like myself can come in and help you to know, Mm -hmm. you know, their pain threshold is at a nine out of 10 on a daily basis, you need to address yeah. the pain or you need to think about doing something differently about that. Yeah. So we can still stay connected to them, even though they have transitioned. And I think what's helped me personally is gratitude. I am so thankful mm-hmm. that I had 15 excellent years with my beloved Howie and so many positive memories. I mean, he puts a smile on my face, even now, though he's transitioned, yeah. you can see I'm smiling. It's just an amazing thing because tomorrow isn't promised. Right, right. That's taking me back to when we did put Oscar down. And I remember he kept getting sick and he would just be lethargic one day and we wouldn't really know why. And so I don't even know how many trips to the emergency vet. And one day I took him in and they said, you know, you've done more than most pet parents do. And of course, I'm like, really? Like, I thought this is just what you do, right? You take somebody to the ER if they're not feeling well. And so I just sobbed and a friend helped me hire somebody to come to the home. And oh my God, it was so beautiful. I'm just probably going to cry now. So the guy comes in and Rich and I are sitting on the floor and Oscar's in Rich's lap for a minute. And then we had two friends that came over and they were just weeping and we're all just sitting there crying. And the the guy, he puts Oscar in the little bed and, you know, we're just petting him and he does his, he does his thing. He gives him the shot. And I felt Oscar's spirit. I could feel like from where he was sitting in front of me and like it moved and it went up. I could just totally feel that. And oh my God, we just sobbed for so long. And I did feel so like I felt guilty for not treating him as well as I could have if I would have recognized that he was old and sick. And also just, did we do the right thing? Because some days he would wake up and he would be his peppy self. And then some days, you know, I know and I believe you when you say that it was the right time. But yeah, I think I think the grief that we have for our pets is so pure because there's nothing but love, right? Between humans, there can be so much pain and struggle and 
and difficulty, but that just isn't there with pets. And so it's just, just pure love. And when that has nowhere to go for a minute, it's really, it's a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Thank you for sharing that very tender moment. Yeah. Oh, I love that little buddy. I know they touch us in such a strong way. And I think it's because it's not just this lifetime that we have had with them. The love is very, very deep. And, you know, you just feel it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I just wish they could be with us longer, you know? (laughs) I know. Do you have any theories on that? Like why? I mean, obviously, biologically, we know why animals don't live as long. But I'm curious from like a soul perspective, why they're with us for such a short period of time. Don't know. I have asked some of my spirit guides and I work with different gods and goddesses as well. And so I've asked them, I go, why is this set up this way? Why do humans live longer and the domestic animals that we cherish so much? Why was their term here shorter? And some of what they have to say is we go through cycles in life and we do evolve and we do change. Mm-hmm. So it's that period of cycle that they're here to help us with. Mm-hmm. So that's the best explanation that I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they come to help us through different mm-hmm. parts of our life. As we go through different cycles in our life, we have different power animals that come to help us and support us. I had a rooster show up numerous mm. times when I started to go through a divorce. And I go, what is this? Why am I buying all these rooster things? <laughs> But it was to stand in my power a little bit more, be a little more like a rooster, Mm. you know, don't Mm -hmm. stand for nonsense, stand up for yourself. Mm. And then the rooster went away after the divorce is gone. So now I have different power animals, different energy supporting me. So we do have cycles of animals and angels and spirit guides that come through our lives. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's funny, I always joke that in my next life, I want to come back as a domesticated dog or cat, actually, because I think they don't have to go outside, all these things. And it's funny how my human brain needs to make it some sort of linear thing that like being a cat or being a dog is like better. (laughs) It just seems easier. And I hope I get to rest in the next lifetime because this lifetime has not been restful. Right. Well, it is what you make it, though. Right. Maybe embrace a little more of the rest energy hmm. I've been working on that. Yeah. 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 I mean, we can choose. We can choose whatever form we want to. But I've had people say, gosh, when I die and come back, I want to be your horse. Oh, you take such good care of your animal. Mm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, well, it's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious, since you said that we all have connections in different lifetimes with our pets. Do you have any sense of how you and Howie were connected in previous lifetimes? Oh, yeah. When I first really started to communicate with him, he wanted to disclose this to me. Mm. And so at the time, you know, I was still kind of new to this concept of reincarnation, wasn't quite sure, you know, I'm still trying to get my feet wet in this. And you know what he did? He said, I want to show you something. And so he showed me this little movie reel clip in my mind. I was doing a meditation. He was 30 minutes away in the comfort of his stall. I was in my bedroom. (laughs) And he showed me this image of he and I as we were running really fast on the plains. Mm -hmm. I was a male Native American and he was this beautiful, decorated, painted horse. Mm. And we were flying across the plains, going so fast. And he and I both like to go fast Mm. (laughs) this life. And he was showing me that. And then he showed me, you know how you fan through a book, Mm -hmm. the pages? Yeah. It happened like that. So I saw that Mm. image and then we fanned through other lifetimes together Mm. where we'd been together in a strong relationship. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I love sharing those snippets with people because it makes a lot of sense to them. And, you know, I was sharing one with a client a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, well, so the lifetime I'm seeing is you look like you... You were about 11-year-old girl. You're wearing clothing of 
this long dress and this apron. And she's like, oh, is that the medieval lifetime? She goes, I hate the medieval times. I don't like that. <laughs> I go, yeah, that, that, that's where we're at. <laughs> that's where we're at right now. So mm-hmm. she had something to heal in that area of her life or that history of her soul. And it was related to her dog. So, mm. yeah, it's just amazing to see. And like you said, that linear belief is kind of limiting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it helps to really step out of that linear space. Reincarnation has been coming up a lot. People have been asking me. And so in my blog, I've been writing about reincarnation a lot because mm. some of my animals that I had as a child have reincarnated and they're with me in this adult life. Mm. But they've also been with me in other lifetimes as well. So people ask me, well, do you think Howie's going to reincarnate? And I go, well, yeah, he said he was Aww. and soon, but we'll see how that works out. So, yeah, reincarnation certainly is a possibility if they want. I had a heart dog who helped me through my divorce and he passed away before it was finished. Mm. He was with me for 13 years and A year after he passed away, I was still going through the divorce. It was a horrible thing. Took about two years to complete. But while I was in the midst of the divorce, he came to me in my mind's eye and he said, you know, hey, look, you want me to come back? I'll be there in a second. Okay. You just Uh, tell me and I'm going to come in. Yeah. I'm going to come in. And I said, gosh, you know, I'm still grieving you. It's been a year Mm. and I'm still grieving you. I don't think. I'm ready for that yet. And I don't think I can go through this kind of grief, losing you twice in a lifetime. Mm. So it's amazing how strong love can be. And it's a beautiful gift, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. Yeah, right now in this moment, I'm with the bittersweet Mm -hmm. part of it. For whatever reason, I think all the collective anxiety that's happening in the world is kind of shifted me out of the joy and gratitude space that I want to be in. So clearly I need to do some more clearing and centering and meditation to reconnect with that. Yeah. And boundaries, healthy boundaries help as well. Yes, I am affected by, like you said, the collective anxiousness, but I don't tap into it 24 seven. I tap into it when I want to, when I get want to get a pull. Mm. Other than that, I have to stay in my flow and my role in making the world a better place because mm. I'm not going to let that bring me down. How funny that I didn't think that was an option. But yeah, I don't have to be tuned into the collective 24-7. Well, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'll just stop doing that. Wow. Okay. That's that's a big deal. Are you online 24-7? You know? Right. <laughs> Good to right? unplug every once in a while, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, oof, that is very, very important for me to take out of this conversation today. (laughs) Yeah, wow. I've learned this, you know, because I was like you. Yeah. And and I've learned, I've learned that my time here is precious and I've got a job to do and I've got Mm -hmm. things to heal myself. And yes, I'm a part of the collective and yes, I'm contributing to it as much as I can and sending love and light and balance for everybody here. Mm -hmm. I have to remember I'm a part of that everybody so I gotta work on me right and one of the spiritual people that I work with what he told me is sometimes I in an effort to try to heal or clear something I will bring it into my energy rather than sending it out so that's probably something that's happening with the collective right now I'm trying to transmute it like within myself ah yes so This is the old way of healing. So Mm -hmm. we used to take, as healers, you know, we've been in the dark ages for about 9,000 years. We've been in that masculine energy. Mm -hmm. We've shifted now to the feminine energy and we're still in cleanup mode. So we're in that light energy, but we're still cleaning it up. Yeah. The old way was to take it and put it into ourselves because Mm -hmm. we could hold it. We could ease that pain and distress from somebody and we could hold it in our space. But now what we're realizing is it weighs us down as well. And we are in cleanup mode, as I said. So Mm -hmm. we are being asked to lighten our load, what we've been holding on to. So instead of taking from someone, give. Mm -hmm. Give them love and light. Give them clarity. Give them illumination so they can see what kind of shifts they need to make in their Mm -hmm. lives. Right, right. 
Well, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm always listening from the ear of a listener, too. And I think the the term love and light has gotten lambasted <laughs> recently. Yes. Yes. Right. We're not just talking like all you do is send love and light and then you're doing your part. Right. They're still calling your congressperson, making sure you vote. Right. Like taking the actions as well. Right. You've got to address the energy side of things and the physical side of things because right. you right. are having a physical experience. Exactly. You're an energy, spiritual being having a physical experience. So yes, you've got to do both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on the end of the hour. This has been so wonderful. I want to give you an opportunity to share for listeners where they can find more about you and sign up for your blog and all of that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes, definitely. So you can find my blog on my website, which is www.vthewhispersoflove.com. And the name of my website is thewhispersoflove.com because the messages I first received from the animals were whispers. They were just little whispers in my ear. Yeah, That's so sweet. Yeah. So my blog is there. Um, You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. If you go to my website, you can find all of that there. Um, I do have a free Facebook group called Soulful Spirits where we talk Mm. about all of these wonderful things. And so I welcome your listeners to find me there. Yeah. Is there any final thought or wisdom that you'd like to leave folks with today? Yeah, I'd like to remind everybody that animal communication and telepathy may seem a tad out of reach for yourself and out of your comfort zone a little bit. But usually when we stretch ourselves out of our comfort zone, that's where the good stuff is. Agreed. And that's where we really see personal growth and development. And to strengthen the relationship you have with your animals by tapping into your natural ability to use telepathy to connect with them is going to help you. Your animals are going to love you for it. Mm -hmm. Animals are going to gravitate to you, walk down the street, and they're going to see it in your energy field that you can communicate with them and they're Mm going to come to you. Is that why all the animals keep coming to Rich? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. partly. Partly, yeah. And his dog energy, you said. Yes, yes, yes. He's got child dog energy about him. Mm -hmm. He really does. Uh Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. And that's finally on my end. So I appreciate you for the help that you've given our family and our pets and and for sharing, sharing yourself with us today. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed talking with you and your family. And Yeah, I look forward to to talking with you further. Absolutely. Thanks so much to Linda for being an amazing guest today. To learn more about Linda, you can visit our website at www.headhearttherapy.com slash podcast. And as always, thanks to Andrea Klunder and the Creative Imposter Studios for editing, to Liam O'Donnell for the album art, and to Ben Mueller for our theme music. Until next time, bye-bye.